Okay, so normally I just take notes on founders, people that actually started companies. Uh, even though Bill Gurley is not technically an entrepreneur, he's been involved in the creation of enough businesses that we just have a lot we can uh, learn from him. And this talk that he gave at the University of Texas MBA program is one of the, I think, it's one of the best talks I've heard. I think so far I've taken notes on close to, I don't know, maybe 200 different founders. And this is definitely uh, up there with, with uh, as far as, the amount of information that you can learn. So let's go ahead and jump into his, he named his talk, Running Down a Dream, How to Succeed and Thrive in a Career You Love. So he says, I was inspired by three people who were heroes of mine. I noticed a pattern amongst them. That is, that's what I'm here to talk to you about. And so before he jumps into his talk, he, he backs up a minute. He says, a dream job, since he's talking about running, how do you run down a dream? And I think for a lot of people that are already entrepreneurs or want to be, it's very much a dream job to be in control of your own destiny. Um, and he says, a dream job is a career where you have immense passion. Life is a use it or lose it proposition. Most humans take one career path. So then he asks the question, if you're only going to take one career path, if you only have one shot, why not do what makes you most happy? So now he's going to outline his talk here. He says, I want to tell you uh, three stories of luminaries. And then five guidelines I've learned from what they did. So he, he signals out three different heroes of his. Of his. So it's uh, Bobby Knight, um, Bob Dylan, and Danny Meyer. So I'm going to go through all the stuff that he learned from these three pe uh, people right now. He says, the first story is about Bobby Knight. What ended up making Bobby successful isn't what happened in the gym. It is what he did outside. In the first five years of his coaching career, he befriended five of the top basketball minds. And he was really young when he did this. He became a head coach around 24 years old. The second story is about Bob Dylan. He was in love with folk music. He studied every folk album he possibly could. He didn't have money. He would spend hours in record stores listening to the records for free. So let me back up. Remember at the beginning, he said, hey, I, I, I studied these three people. I read their books. Um, I admired what they uh, what they achieved, and he said I noticed a pattern amongst them. And you're gonna, I think you'll be able to pick up on what that pattern is very shortly. But he's gonna explicitly state as well. All right, so he says uh, he didn't even though he didn't have any money, he'd just go to the record stores and he just spent all day listening there. He's obsessed with studying uh, his passion. Uh, and then he says Bob Dylan took one of the most ambitious actions that anyone has taken to pursue their dream job. He hitchhiked from Minneapolis to New York City. That is 1,200 miles. And all he had was a guitar, a suitcase, and $10. And, so, and he, he continues. He went to New York to find Woody Guthrie. Woody was a, a musician that he looked up to. So he's identified a person in his field that he wants to do. And, he, and he's like, I'm going to travel halfway across the country just to learn from this guy. He loved the way Woody played and wanted to know everything about it. Bob was studying, studying, studying. The third story is about Danny Meyer. His mom made him journal and take notes. So uh, they, uh, his family uh, was like, they owned hotels and they were also travel agents. So they traveled all the time. And his mom's like, you know, take notes about all the places you're seeing. But here, here's the funny part. He really is, identifies what his passion is. He says, he went back and looked at his notes. He noticed all of them were about food. He loved food. So the story with Danny continues. Um, he graduates high school. Uh, goes to college, gets a job in New York City. He's a salesperson. I'll get, actually, I'm jumping ahead. Let me get there in one second. So he has a plan. Okay, you know, I have this job, making good money, but I'm going to be a lawyer because that's what's expected of him, right? So it says, one night he was out to eat with his family. He told them he was going to take the LSAT the next day, which is the law school admissions test. His uncle said, why would you do that? You love food. Why don't you open a restaurant? 
So at the time, Danny was making $125,000 a year as a salesman. He quit to work at a restaurant for $12,500 a year. He chose the restaurant because he wanted to be around the chef who he admired. And then Bill talks about um, something that, that Danny did that Bill personally thinks is really interesting. He did something really interesting. He made a list of 12 people doing innovative things in the restaurant industry. He started studying them. Are you seeing the pattern yet? He traveled to Europe to work in a restaurant. He, pay, he had to pay $500 a month to work there. That is equal to a negative $25,000 a, a year salary. I think he meant $500 a week because $500 a month would be 6000 So I think it's $500 a, a week. Um, what he does is what you think he would do. He studies. He is watching the chef. He is watching the recipes. He goes on the sourcing trips to see how they pick food at the market. He takes tons of notes. So then he goes back to New York. He goes back to New York. He knows he's going to start his, uh, his own restaurant. He spends six months searching 100 locations to find the very ple- best place to launch his first restaurant. He is 27 years old when he opens Union Square Cafe. Union Square Cafe. Uh, Danny Meyer these days is known as basically like the the, the, the best proprietor of uh, like fine dining in New York City. Um, at least that's how he was known for a long time, including when he wrote his book, which I'll get to more in a minute. But now he might be most famous for being the founder of Shake Shack, which uh, he took public a few years ago. And so now uh, this is a quote that Bill loves. Um, and this is from Danny Meyer. He says, I spent nearly two years doing the best work ever as a student. So what he's talking about there is uh, the, the time frame I just described to you, the, that lasted two years from him going to work at a restaurant in New York, then going to Europe and studying, then coming back and doing and doing his own research for his, for his, uh, his eventual restaurant. And he talks about, you know, that's some of the best work he's ever done. Um, And then Bill elaborates. He says, he is most proud of the studying he did on his own, not the studying he did in college. Um, And so now Bill talks about this. Bill also has a personal relationship with Danny. They they both served on the board of Open Table for a while. They might still do, I don't know, but that's how he he knows them. He says, Danny went on to build 16 high-end restaurants in New York City and founded Shake Shack. Um, so if you've ever been to New York, the very first, uh, I mean, any, almost any Shake Shack everywhere has a big line, but the first, um, the, the very first one to this day, you walk by and there's a ton of, uh, lot, tons of people waiting in line, queuing up for my opinion, the best ha- hamburger ever. <laughs> um, but what I found interesting about this is, you know, you go to these high end restaurants, um, it's really expensive. So people are like, oh, they must be making a lot of money. And uh, Bill let out a little secret that Danny didn't want people to know, but I think he's okay with them knowing now. But he says the first Shake Shack makes more in profit than any of its high, of his high-end restaurants. And I just include that part because I love um, like strange little businesses that are much more profitable than anyone would suspect. Um, okay. So he says now Bill, uh, Bill's going to get to the part where he he's, has these five traits that he picks up. So he says, I noticed there's a similar strain running through each of the stories. Now he's going to tell us what, uh, what they did, and then he's going to weave back in the stories. I, it's, it, when, when you're done listening to this, I'd recommend, I linked it in the, in the email, go, go watch the whole video. It's, I've watched it like two or three times now. It's amazing. All right, so he said, um, one, pick a profession about which you have immense passion, a deep personal interest. Nothing will make you more successful than if you love doing what you are doing because you will work harder than anyone else because it will feel like fun. Um, I just took notes. I think it was the lost, the, the interview, the lost interview, Steve jobs. He says the same thing. Like if you don't love what you're doing, you'll quit. Actually, you know what? No, I think that was 
Steve Jobs later in his life, actually. But he, he definitely said it. I just can't remember when. All right. Um, Bill continues. This should be your personal passion, not your parents, not as what is expected of you. Danny was doing what was expected of him. Go to law school. You know, this is what people, are, you know, six, young, hungry, ambitious, successful people at that time did. And in his book, which I read, and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a minute, he talks about that, like at the restaurant industry at the time he was doing this, this is, I think like 30 years ago, maybe longer, you know, it's looked at like a, an industry of like misfits. So it, the, the idea that you're going to tell your parents and your peers and your girlfriend, oh no, I'm not going to be a lawyer. I'm going to work in a, work in a restaurant at the time was, was um, drastic. But again, that's Danny picking his own passion. It's, it's what he wanted to do. Not what was expected of him. And then he talks about Bobby Knight. So it says, uh, every, this is a, a quote that, that uh, Bill loves. He says, everyone has the will to win. People don't have the will to practice. And then Bill says, I think that is the test if whether or not you are pursuing your dream job. The part of your job that would be considered studying or practice, do you enjoy that part? And if you say yes, then that's a good indicator that you're actually following it. Number two, be obsessive about learning in your field. Hone your craft constantly. Understand everything you possibly can about your craft. Consider it an obligation. Hold yourself accountable. Keep learning over time. Study the history. Know the pioneers. I uh, continue. Strive to know more than anyone else about your particular craft. So he talks about, hey, listen, I can't make you the smartest person, but you can definitely become the most knowledgeable. He says you should be the most knowledgeable person. And what he means by that is like just collect more information than anybody else will about your craft. It is possible to gather, oh, he says this right here, it is possible to gather more information than someone else. And uh, so he talks about, you know, this constant learning. And that's the, that's the whole theme. Like they study, study. They, they, they constantly are honing their craft. They're studying. They're learning from everybody. They're collecting as much information as they can. That's the theme between Bob Dylan, Bobby Knight, and Danny Meyer. So there's an interesting story about Bobby from Bobby Knight's biography. The second time he meets Pete Newell, and Pete Newell was a very, very successful um, coach at the time, Bobby walked, walks into the room with 74 plays diagrammed on index cards. He asked Pete to go through the plays with him. He got the number one winner he could find and made him go through all the plays. And again, uh, Pete Newell probably didn't become the, the at the time one of the most winning basketball coaches by not being uh, you know passionate about his field. So when you, passion recognize passion is easily recognizable. You know it's attractive. I think most humans can recognize passion. They're attracted to that. So Pete, of course, you might uh, you might think, oh, you know, this guy's not going to talk to me, or like this person may not want to sit down with me. But if you're both passionate about the same thing, you already have like common ground that you can build upon, and that's what Bobby Knight was doing there. So he says these quotes really drive home the point I'm trying to make to you. Bob Dylan calls himself a musical expeditionary, a sponge. So that's what Bob Dylan calls him. And then there's there's a quote that he puts up in the presentation that people are describing. I don't know who somebody was describing Bob Dylan. And he says, there's a ruthlessness in the way Mr. Dylan finds sources. He uses them and moves on. The ruthlessness of an artist's best instincts. So I don't think they're using the term ruthlessness as a pejorative there by any means. They're just saying he's absolutely determined. He's going to travel halfway across the country, find the people that are successful doing what he wants to do, and then learn everything from that he can from that person and move on to the next person he can learn from. Um, and I like the way they put that, that ruthlessness, be ruthless in, uh, in acquiring the information you need. All right. It says, uh, oh, and going back to, you know, we're still talking about obsession here. An example of the level of detail Danny Meyer thinks about food. Here's Danny describing his process before opening a barbecue restaurant. This is from his book, Setting the Table. Um, during 130, this is Danny writing now, during 136 hour wrote, 
30, uh, excuse me. During one 36-hour road trip through North Carolina, I tasted 14 different variations of chopped pork, each defined by a subtle difference in texture, the degree and type of smoke used, the amount of tomato or vinegar in the sauce, how much heat was applied to the meat, how much or how little crackling got chopped up and tossed in. And that's just for chopped pork. Um, so then uh, Bill comes to, I, I'm going to save this quote. Um, and I want to, I have, I've told you in the past, like I have a lot of these quotes saved on my phone in like a separate folder. They're basically screenshots and I go through like when I'm, when, you know, uh, inspiration is perishable. So you need to like constantly like, uh, be refreshing, like information that you find valuable. You should hold on to as a reference and use it throughout your life. And whether you do that on a notes app or whatever the case is, but this is definitely one I'm going to save. And so this is Bill saying, he says, the good news, if you're going to research something, this is your lucky day. Information is freely available on the internet. The bad news you have zero excuse for not being the most knowledgeable in any subject you want because it is right there at your fingertips. Number three, develop mentors in your field. Take every chance you can to find somebody to teach you about the field you want to excel in. Document what you hear. Share it with others. And Bill talks about something he was able to do because his, his passion was investing. I had the remarkable fortune, fortune to meet Stan Druckenmiller and Howard Marks. I read, every, or excuse me, I read everything they write and listen to every time they speak. I got to talk to them for a few hours about investing. The things they said changed some of the actions I'm taking in my work. Or I'm taking my work. Number four, embrace peers in your field. Have discussions with them. This is how you learn. This is, how, this is a way to hone ideas. Always share best practices. Don't worry about proprietary advantage. It is not a zero-sum game. This is just good human, human uh, um, advice here. Celebrate their accomplishments as if they, were, they are your own. Send them notes. That will come back to you in spades. Um, and then he's going to say something about Twitter. I think it's probably true. Um, Twitter is the most amazing networking and learning network ever built. For someone pursuing their dream job or chasing a group of mentors or peers, it is remarkable. In any given field, 50 to 80% of the experts in that field are on Twitter sharing ideas. Number five, uh, always be gracious and pay it forward. Give the majority of credit to other people that helped you. It is the right thing to do. It will keep you from being an asshole. And uh, talking about graciousness, he's going to quote Danny Meyer again. I am convinced that you get what you give and you get more by giving more. Generosity of spirit and a gracious approach to problem solving are, with few exceptions, the most effective way to earn lasting goodwill for your business. And then he's going to quote Tom Petty and says, when someone asked Tom Petty, that's where he got the, um, the name of the talk. When someone asked Tom Petty what advice he would give, he said, do something you really like and hopefully it pays the rent. As far as I'm concerned, that is success. And then uh, I'll end on this. And Bill's talking about his love of Danny's book, which um, I just, just, so you know, I read Danny's book last year and actually discussed what I learned on, um, it's founders podcast number 20. And I linked it in the email or you just go to founders podcast in your podcast player and you'll see it's founders podcast number 20. It was actually recommended to by a friend of mine who's been a restaurant tour for like 25 years. And he said, David, I know you like to read and you're interested in entrepreneurship. You got to read Danny Meyer's book and it's amazing. Um, so it's kind of nice that I had that context going into to Bill's speech. Cause he definitely like, there's sometimes where he just picks up the book and starts reading from it during the presentation. And this is one of those times. He says, in his book, which is called Setting the Table, The Transforming Power of Hospitality and Business, Danny uses the phrase professional research constantly. I think it is an interesting phrase. 
Do you go at home at night and study for yourself to improve your own skill set? Most people don't. And I would say that if you're hearing my voice right now and if you're subscribed to the email list, you are not like most people because the from the feedback I get from Founders Podcasts and, and this email too, the emails I get or the tweets I get or the Twitter DMs I get, most of the people that are listening are doing they're doing exactly what I want to do. I want to learn from other people's experiences so I can get their distilled wisdom without having to spend the years and the decades they uh, to do it. And so if you're reading these emails and if you're listening to these podcasts, you're clearly doing professional research and you're doing it constantly. So definitely pat yourself on the back. All right, I will that's it for today. I will be back and I'll talk to you on Monday.